All right. Hilmar, everyone's got a fascinating story of how they got into computer graphics. What is your story, my friends? How'd you well, get into CGI? Thanks for asking. It might not be fascinating. It may be dated more than anything else because I got into computer graphics out of high school. I was in there, you know, doing my mathematics and my physics studies and went to trade shows and saw fantastic monitors and I thought, oh, I got to make me some of that. And a friend approached me and said, hey, we could, you know, maybe write a program together and maybe software and, and publish it. And I'm like, okay, so I was completely naive about all of this. And this is as I was leaving high school, getting my college certification ready and then deciding that I was going to study mathematics in college as well. The two of us then got together and actually said, well, you, Helma, you're the mathematician. You're going to write a ray tracer. And, uh, <laughs> and I said, well, we have to make models. So you're going to write the modeler. That little collaboration begat uh, after, I think, took us about a year, these two things. So this is bookware. Oh, what wow. Do you think about that? Yeah. So starting with the slightly older one, because this one is for MS DOS. Oh, uh, MS DOS right here. Uh, Thank uh, you very yeah. much. There it is. How this happens is you write the program, then you write the instructions for the program, and the instructions are in here. So we open this up and I'll explain to you how to make things. Here's including some lighting reflections, that sort of thing. And then and, uh, on the look last at that page, ray bounce. Yep, there you go. Oh, last page is a five and a quarter inch uh, floppy disk, and uh, you install it and you make images. We had a highlight for Amiga, which was <laughs> the computer I was working on most of the time. So and that's it was like so the second edition? Actually, no, this is first edition. It came out, two books came out at once. Oh, for two and different platforms. This is like your iOS and Android release, basically. But, oh. And then it was so <laughs> successful that the publisher asked us to do another version. So we had a uh, highlight for Windows. The Amiga had kind of gone the way of the dinosaur at that time. So we did a thicker book. Oh, I love that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Photorealism. This is, <laughs> right on here. This one is shrink-wrapped. So, you know, after this podcast, when it goes viral, this thing is going to be a lot of money. You know what you got to do is you got to turn that into an NFT, right? Like, that's, what that's what you have to do. Just kidding. Just kidding. But no, like, I got to ask you a question. I got to ask you a question there. So you and your buddy, you're into like the photorealism rendering part. Your buddy's into modeling. How do y'all like decide to like, yeah, let's write a ray tracer. How does that end up being the decision? Is this like, was this the norm back then? And what would be the equivalent of doing something like this today? Would this be like putting something on GitHub that's somewhat interesting? I'm kind of curious, especially the younger viewers. Like contextualize this a little bit. Well, no internet. There's a bit of context for so no GitHub, no anything like that. And <laughs> learning about computer graphics meant reading books and getting magazines. And maybe sometimes you transfer the printed programs or you reprogram what is printed in the magazine in your computer and you save it on your floppy disk. Wow. How did we come to the decision that it's got to be a ray tracer? I did enough reading to understand that image making programs did include the option of going ray tracing. Some other ones were around. I don't, I don't know exactly what they all were, but a ray tracer was the option. And for a mathematician, a ray tracer is sort of the must, that's the go-to thing. Ray surface intersections, like, yeah, you have to do that. It's just too easy to not do. Um, but uh, <laughs> Mathematical catnip. <laughs> <laughs> nicely put. 
that's how we got into that decision that it needed to be Ray Tracer. I'm really impressed with my buddy because it was more about the user interface and revolutions and, and all of that. It's, it's a mini version of Maya Leading. or Blender and there's Ooh. a lot of stuff in there. And then did you get to see the creations people were making with this? Like were people mail you back since yeah. you literally had to ship atoms <laughs> to get your content out there? Were people shipping their bits printed as atoms back to you? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there was one real fan of the software who did a lot of images with it. And he actually became the next author when I exited that enterprise because I had fallen in love with the idea that I would make a living of this, of making images. And I went off to the United States of America, which is a different story for a different time. But for me, this was... A way to, I guess, my Maslow's pyramid self-actualization at that moment. I got to make images and it was a powerful feeling. So contextualized for younger people, it was very hard and it required a lot of resilience to kind of like run the compiler. And like the error messages were non-existent. Either it made an image or not. And then you had print statements inside your ray tracer and you did... Debugging was also not a thing. So no IDs, right? Toil, toil is what it was, really. That in itself was really useful because it came in very handy later. Because if you're making images for Hollywood and directors, they want their way. You have to not give up. You fail 17 times, you have to go an 18th time. And I believe that skill is as fresh today as it was back then. So never give up, never surrender. That's all I got for that. Amen to that.